How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh! America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Cardinal baseball today at 1-15, for the pregame. The Cardinals and the Cincinnati Reds. Cardinals won their 20th yesterday. They're now 20-19, and 19, three games out of the NL Central, game over 500. The Reds are 20-26. and 26. They need to really get after it if they're going to even get to 500. They were a trendy pick by a lot of people to win the division. Doesn't look like it's going to be that way this time. The Cubs came back and beat... Josh Hader and the Brewers. Did you see that yesterday? Jason Hayward, a three-run homer in the ninth to give the Cubs a 4-2 win over the Brewers in Milwaukee. That is a big loss for Milwaukee. That is a tough one for the Brewers to take. They're now five back in the Central. That is a huge turn of events for them as they probably got big eyes and thought maybe they can start making up some ground. They could not. Cubs offense was really bad in that game, and suddenly Hader is human. Uh, lefties were batting 115 against him in his career coming into the game, and then Hayward turned on one and hit a home run. And now it is uh, five games that they trail the Cubs in the NL Central. Cardinals trail the Cubs by three, and the Cardinals are going to put this lineup out there today against Cincinnati. Colton Wong leads off and plays second base. Paul DeYoung's going to bat second and play shortstop today. Paul Goldschmidt's the first baseman batting third. Big bad Brad Miller is the DH. I I cannot get over that home run he hit yesterday. That was a cannon off the bat of Miller, the DH. He bats fourth. Ron Hill Ravello is going to play right field today, and he bats fifth for the Cardinals. He can hit the ball hard, by the way. Yadier Molina's back in there as catcher. Anyone voting for the uh, Wainwright Molina ticket? (laughs) Did you see that (laughs) T-shirt? Uh, that's good. Well, I've, I'm getting tons of texts, James, from people wanting to know where to buy those. So I'll I'll make sure we have that lined up. I think Wayno put it out there on Twitter, but we'll make sure we get that out there. Everybody wants a Wayno Molina campaign T-shirt 2020. Matt Carpenter's the third baseman. He bats seventh. Austin Dean's in there again, as Mike Schilt told us last hour. He's playing left field, batting eighth, and Harrison Bader's the center fielder, batting ninth. Carlos Martinez is the pitcher. The Reds will go with Akiyama in left, Castellanos in right, Vado the DH, Suarez at third, 
batting fifth, Mustakas, the first baseman. Stevenson, the catcher, bats sixth. Goodwin in center field, seventh. Galvis, the second baseman, eighth. And Jose Garcia, the shortstop, ninth. Tyler Malley, the right-hander, is the red starter. We have been listening to some tributes to Lou Brock from his celebration of life. Last hour, Ozzie Smith and Mike Shannon. This hour, we're going to hear from Jackie Brock, who gave the eulogy. But first, this was edited by our own executive producer, Ben Boyd. This is from a profile that I did on Mr. Brock last year. I spent an hour talking to him. We've done many interviews over the years, but this one was very special. And here is Lou Brock with me, edited by Ben Boyd for this program. You're out in the field. You're actually a member of the Chicago Cubs before you came to the Cardinals, and you're a big leaguer. You, you've made it into the big leagues, and Stan Musial is at the plate. I was probably the biggest fan on the field uh, in the stand uh, in St. Louis. I had wanted to be in that moment for a long time as a kid growing up, and uh, I just recall standing in center field, Ashburn, Richie Ashburn, the right fielder for the card for the Cubs, yelled to me, be ready, this guy can hit. And I just said, you know, I know he can hit. And then Richie gave me a sort of a big leg instruction, some big leg instruction, and that is if Musio hit a line drive between us, he was going to go towards second base to cut the ball off and wanted me to go deep towards the wall to make the catch. Musio hit a line drive through the form between us, Ashburn took off, I took off, crisscrossing, and now ball get pet. Ashburn, and that's me and the ball. And I'm chasing this thing to the center field wall. I make the catch, and I'm standing there as a fan with this ball in my hand. I don't know I was in another world. Then I heard Ashburn say, hey, kid, you got to throw it back. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to throw that ball back. <laughs> Eventually you did, and you. Uh, what was it like playing with the Cubs at that time, Lou? Well, I was getting used to the big leagues. Uh, first of all, you're in this off stage. Everybody walk across the field, look like they were on a giant TV set, and you saw the Drysdales, you saw the Gibson, you saw the, all of these stars and Willie Mays, and you were just happy to be in their presence, not really playing against them. And then your third year, you realize in order to stay here and enjoy this scenery, you got to do something. And so things began to happen for me just prior to being traded to St. Louis. And that trade will go down as the greatest trade in Cardinals history. I don't know that it can ever be topped. Ernie Brolio, who you've done many events with through the years, uh, was traded to the Cubs for Lou Brock. And when did you first catch wind of that trade that that acquisition which was completed on june 15th of 1964 was going down and it wasn't just brolio by the way bobby Shantz and outfielder doug clemens were also involved in that trade as were pitchers jack spring and paul toth yeah it was six of us and at the time of the trade by the time i got the news i were there was a department store in chicago was a bunch of us who were doing a promotion noontime and uh, the phone rang while I was on stage and they said a telephone call for Lou. There were three Lou's on stage. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Lou Klein, a coach, Lou Woodrow, an announcer, and Lou Brock. 
the least of these uh, standing there trying to figure out, am I going to still be in the big leagues? Lo and behold, the call was for me. It was from the general manager informing me that my contract had been transferred, and I had no idea what transferred mean, meant. And uh, I thought I was going to win Natchez. Uh, to AAA or someplace uh, as long as away from the Cubs. And lo and behold, he said they had been transferred for, to the Cardinals. I never heard another word he said because at 2 o'clock I was on a flight. Chicago to Houston joined uh, my new team, the St. Louis Cardinals. You knew all about the Cardinals, didn't you, from growing up? Oh, gosh, yeah, because uh, that's the only radio station, KMOX. Boy, that's been a big, big uh, part of my life is listening to KMOX. Uh, it started uh, when I was capable of listening to radio. I uh, got a chance to, about nine years old, and began, began to, uh, to, to enjoy baseball itself. So I couldn't wait to turn on KMOX and get the Cardinals. Lou Brock in 1964 became a Cardinal, and immediately you made your impact felt. We can talk about your stolen bases, your terrific defense in the outfield, but this guy could flat-out hit. Take a listen. Brock, could it be four for four? Yes, sir. A base hit out into right field by Jerry Adair. Ken Harrelson up, and Brock makes a big turn, but goes back into first base. He has 52 stolen bases. We'll have to watch him. Now, Pee Wee, he's had... Two hits into uh, center field, one hit to left field, and one hit to straightaway right field. So he's hit the ball to every field today with getting four for four. Harry Carey and Pee Wee Reese marveling over your hitting. Uh, 300 average in that 1964 World Series and a seven-game win over the Yankees, Lou. Yeah, I could uh, always hit. My problem used to be with two strikes and, and a half swing. I never knew there was a half swing, and uh, every time I took one, it was always called a strike. And uh, uh, I was always cognizant against that. But, uh, yeah, I could hit the all field, coming to the Cardinals. I recall the manager saying, we got you because you can hit. Now we want you to do all the other things associated with hitting, like uh, stealing bases and become comfortable in left field and become my left fielder. This is uh, Jenny King talking to me at the time. There's a drive way back, way back in the left center. It may Brock makes a sensational catch. Holy cow, unbelievable. Lou Brock, a backhanded shoestring catch in left center. A remarkable play, two away. Holy cow, I've never seen one to match that. <laughs> he didn't seem to have a chance, and the wind is blowing the other way, taking the ball away from him. He just outran the ball. A spectacular backhanded shoestring catch in deep left center while running at full speed. Lou Brock, a lot of things going on there. Let's start with Harry Carey. How good was he? Oh, Harry was the kind of guy who... Who could take you to the next level? If you were listening to Harry, which we could not during the course of the game, but you knew his capability, and that was always driving you to the next level. He had a way, as a Cardinal broadcaster, to get your A game out of the players, even when they didn't have it. And that's what I thought about him most of the time. 
That's a great call there. And you took a lot of pride in the outfield. Take a listen to this. Runners lead off first and second. Sadecki's pitch line to left field, a base hit. Lou Brown coming in fast up with a white. He's going to try and score the throw to the plate. Is in time a beautiful throw. Holy cow, did he throw a strike? Did he ever? An outfield assist from Lou Brock in 1964. Again, beating the Yankees in seven games was one accomplishment, but the way that you won the pennant in 1964, at what point, Lou, did you realize as a team that you were on the verge of something special? Well, we really didn't know. All we knew was that we come to the ballpark every day and keep winning. Uh, it was uh, the team that gave us a lot of problems during that time was the Atlanta uh, Milwaukee Braves uh, with Hank Aaron, Joe Torrey, and all those guys who could hit the ball a long way. So we got them out of the way, and then it was the other team that you felt that you could uh, challenge no matter what they did, and, and that is what we, we were about. The Cardinals were really good a rising to the occasion, being able to challenge their best, and being at their best at that moment. That seemed to be the last six weeks of the season. That's what we were uh, all about. Lou Brock, from my interview with him, did you hear him laugh when they, we played the when I played the Harry Carey catch highlight for him? He loved listening to that. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll hear the tribute, uh, the eulogy from yesterday from his wife, Jackie. That's next, Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. John Mosellock is coming up next. Greater Grace Church in Ferguson was the location of yesterday's tribute and celebration of life to legendary Cardinal Lou Brock and everybody from the music to the beautiful words to the tributes from Mike Shannon, Ozzie Smith, Al Roboski, Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, Michael McMillan, the president and CEO of the Urban League, uh, to the Brock children, Wanda, Lou Jr., and Emery. Uh, everybody was wonderful yesterday, including and, of course, ending with his wife, Jackie. And I walk before you and greet you out of a heart of such profound gratitude for all that you have said, all that you have done, for every prayer. I'm only able to stand here because you've prayed for me. And I say thank you. The song, To God Be the Glory, preceded my coming because if you have not noticed at the base of Lou's statue, he engraved in his own handwriting those words, to God be the glory. From the time we joined together, we were side by side. It was his choice that we traveled together. And I remember our dear and beloved Bob Gibson would say to me, do you go everywhere with him? And I'd look at him and I'd say, yeah. 
And he'd look at Lou and he'd say, are you henpecked? But listen to this, ladies, you'll love this one. He'd say, but it's my hen. <laughs> that was our gentle giant. All the years I knew Lou, and we are a couple of a second chance, I think the opposing forces of God did not want us to come together because we had such a work to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we were very challenged in our coming together. But when God said, this is my decision, Lou and I both bowed. It wasn't about Lou or Jackie. It was first about God's plan for the rest of Lou's life. And daily, we started a journey that neither of us could have anticipated. And you have said all of the things that could be said but I tell you, there are some secret things that I want to share with you so you'll know the lighter side of your dear and beloved friend. When it was purposed in his heart that this is the woman that God had decided to choose for him, I was um, vacuuming in my little apartment and all of a sudden I bumped into something under my bed. I said, what is that? Because I knew I hadn't put anything there. But would you believe that Lou Brock, when he goes for a task and he wants a victory, he starts working on it. It was his shoes under my bed. I had no clue where those shoes had come from. Unique, right? Different. Men don't get any ideas unless you can back it, because Lou Brock backed it. After researching, I certainly wasn't going to ask him, do you know anything about shoes under my bed? Because if it was somebody else's shoes, <laughs> I would have been in big trouble. But I knew no other person's shoes would have been there but that one pair. And they had to have gotten there. But I was quite perplexed. But he said, I was just making sure if there were any Jodies around, they'd know that they have lost out. <laughs> Lou was so precious. Our moments together, I looked upon him in awe, but in much gratitude. He was a beloved husband. He was faithful. He had a teacher in high school that I met. Her name was Mrs. Fudge. And when Lou and I began to
communicate, of course, the first thing I wanted to know was, where do you stand with Jesus? And uh, it was really at a time when God was getting his attention. I understood that he grew up in the church, but the church did not grow up in him. And the world was trying to steal him. But God said, I'm the best thief. And so God stole Lou's heart. And he gave his life to the Lord. And we began an incredible journey serving God. Jackie Brock yesterday at the celebration of life for Lou Brock. What a beautiful relationship. And I can tell you that spending time around them for 20 plus years at charity events, they were always, always the last to leave the event. They made sure that everyone had their time with Lou and felt as special as the next person. They made everyone feel incredibly special, including yesterday. When we come back, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. I'm Tom Ackerman. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 1135. John Mosellock, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, is with us. And, Mo, thank you for spending a few moments with us. As always, we have... Uh, for much of this show, paid tribute to Lou Brock, as I know the Cardinals and the baseball world has for the last week. Yesterday, the celebration of life was very special for a very, very special man, wasn't he? Uh, obviously, um, his impact not only on the baseball side of things, but also what he meant to our community and the city of St. Louis. And he touched so many. Um, for those that were fortunate to, to have the ability to, to meet him or interact with Lou, uh, just know that, that he was such a special person. And, you know, as you reflect on, on this, the, the one thing that is always hard when someone passes is, there's that, that moment of sadness. But for someone that, that was so infectious, that made so many people smile, really this is a moment to, to be grateful, to, to know that we were lucky as a team, as a city, to have someone be the type of ambassador he was to the game of baseball, to the city of St. Louis, and how many people he made happy is, is really something that's special. So as sad as, as his passing is, it really is more of a, a, a true celebration if you were able to, to have that interaction and to know that, that uh, how much he cared about everyone. And so, yeah, these, these types of things are hard. I mean, obviously we we have a very elite group of, of hall of famers, that, that cared so much for our city. And, and that's what made St. Louis so unique as well is, is many of these men and their families called St. Louis home. And, and so to see when I first joined here, to see, you know, Stan Musial, Red Chaney's and, and Lou Brock around the ballpark very, you know, quite often, it's something that, you know, I will never forget. And, uh, you know, clearly, um, with these with these passings, it, it becomes more more difficult. But we also know how lucky we were. That is extremely well said. And I brought the family down last night, or actually yesterday, late afternoon. We went down to the statue and we saw the tributes to him and the wreaths that were set there. 
And then we put our masks on. We went in because everybody felt like they wanted to go into the team store and, and get something Cardinals. And just, you know, so we went around the store and my youngest daughter tapped me on the shoulder and she goes, Daddy, she said, can we go to the game tonight? And I said, honey, I wish I could sneak in there tonight, but we can't. But we can listen to it and we can watch it. And um, I, I just appreciated that so much that, that my kids got to experience him and have the love for this team and this game. And your team played really well last night, didn't they, Mo? I mean, they, they really did. And I know that Lou was smiling and, and watching. And they just had a very good, complete victory. Dakota Hudson looked good. The Cardinals had hits up and down the lineup, big hits too. And that was a very nice win for your club. And what is everyone counts now? These are, this is a very, very tight race, isn't it? Oh, it is. And, you know, I've, I've said this from day one, since we've been talking and working through this pandemic, through this season, it's, it's hard to focus simply on the game. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on that, that are much bigger than the game. And I'm I'm pleased that, that our club has found a way, given all the hurdles that this team has been through, having to face COVID, um, 18 positives. It's It's been extraordinary to watch this group continue to, you know, do this with Without, without complaining. And, you know, I've, I've told people this that, that asked me, it's, it's a group I couldn't be more proud of and, and more proud to be a part of because we've had so many things happen and yet we're still hanging around and we're still finding ways to, to, to win games from time to time. And, you know, look, this week's going to be you know, very stressful and challenging um, with a doubleheader Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But, you know, Nothing would surprise me with this group. We're going to continue to grind. We're going to continue to find ways to play. Um, every day we sort of get a, another set of bad news somewhere along the way, but we still find a way to to keep uh, going after it. And, you know, last night's game was great. I'm, I'm glad we won. I'm glad we did it in the way we did. I, I think there were a lot of positives from that. But, you know, as I, as I tell the staff every day, let's just try to get through the day and, and then uh, on to the next one. And so here we are on Sunday, and, um, you know, a lot of things are going on right now in the industry. But, you know, right, I would say our, our club as a, overall has taken just an amazingly positive outlook to, to how to think about things, and uh, I admire that. Your team is tough. There is no doubt about it. The Cardinals are heading on this road trip. It'll be the final road trip of the season, but it's a long one. 13 games, three doubleheaders over a five-day span, five-game divisional stops through Milwaukee and Pittsburgh, three-game interleague matchup against the Royals at Kauffman Stadium. And you'll have uh, some pitching reinforcements. It looks like KK's okay. Boy, that's great news. That's a huge piece of news for you, I think. Look, anybody that can get out is great news for us. Um, it's going to be just a very daunting week. And and so, you know, yes, that's very encouraging that, that, that he should be able to go. You know, you got to caution mm-hmm. expectations given the fact that he has been away for a while. And, uh, you know, he's going to be you know trying to balance his medication with trying to pitch. So all of these things um, we have to be, be cognizant of. But, yes, I mean, trying to get – guys that can get out is, is really all we can hope for right now. And so I would imagine there's going to be a lot of roster uh, moves this week as we try to, you know, keep fresh arms going. But, um, 
you know, my group or my team, we're, we're looking forward to it. And, and we know that uh, there could be a lot of volatility in, in our 28 men this week. But, you know, look, if we go out and try to compete and uh, as we collect outs, that will be a good thing for us. You got Dean and Ravello back in there today. That's great. Good to see them back. And then for Dex, uh, Mike Schilt telling us that he understands Dex is feeling a little bit better. Dexter Fowler with that stomach ailment. That would be welcome news, of course, if he can get back, John. Yeah, again, his situation is going to be like, you know, how can he balance his medication with the risk of coming back? And, and so probably midweek I will uh, reengage with him, just see where he's at. Because um, at some point you got to start doing baseball activity. Um, so you can take that next step. Uh, that's one of the things we, we most certainly learned during this, this COVID crisis is just because you're cleared to play doesn't mean you're ready to play. And, and so there's a lot of things that go into that. But, you know, my fingers are crossed that he still can contribute this year. Um, we'll see. Um, I know he'd like to. And, uh, you know, usually that's half the battle. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, certainly welcome that. And, you know, as I've told you, every time I talk to you over the last two months, it's it's really day by day. So we'll see how things go today and, and then uh, prepare for tomorrow. I'm with you. I, I understand. Thank you for these uh, moments. Thank you for the words about Mr. Brock and all the best today against the Reds. All right. Thank you, Tommy. Be well. You too. There's John Mosellock, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations. Quick break. We'll come back. Graham Bensinger will be with us. And then a final word from Lou Brock's Celebration of Life. Next on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. Tom Ackerman with you. It's 1148. Well, it's hard to believe this is season 11 of In-Depth with Graham Bensinger. My friend, the St. Louisan, is with us on KMOX. How are you, Graham? Mr. Ackerman, doing fine and yourself, sir? I'm doing great. Boy, you have done some job here over the last, uh, gosh, as long as I've known you, since you were at uh, my alma mater of MICDS interviewing celebrities, and here you are kicking off this groundbreaking interview with Dak Prescott of the Cowboys that certainly made news. Uh, Tell us, first of all, what you and Dak talked about and why this interview uh, was so special, because it was. Yeah, well, well, thank you for that. Uh, you know, we spent the day with him in Dallas for this season debut episode of our show that airs, you know, tonight on Fox at 10.30 p.m. Uh, and he, to his credit, opened up about his mental health challenges this offseason. Uh, he went through depression predating then his brother's suicide uh, that also took place this offseason. Uh Spoke to Dak about it, his oldest brother, Tad, as well as his uh, his dad, Nathaniel. And, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit for opening up about a challenging uh, topic. I think it was their hope in sharing this that it could possibly help others going through similar struggles. And so I think that was why, at least part of why they spoke about it. I think that the more awareness that is made about mental health, the more the better. In fact, it could be said that Dak, just by saying and talking about it, is saving lives. I think so. Uh, You know, I expected what he said to be newsworthy and to get traction. 
I, I don't think either Dak or, or myself uh, would have ever expected it to catch on like this over the past few days. Uh, he's received, you know, widespread praise from, you know, everyday folk and luminaries alike. So it's really been, uh, you know, special to see the outpouring of support as well as others just coming out saying, look, we, I've gone through the same thing. Right. And, you know, I, I hesitate to give somebody more uh, press and attention than he already has. And I don't know your relationship with him or if you've even interviewed him for that matter. But Skip Bayless uh, did say uh, something that and I, I don't even want to give it that much attention. But basically, just to sum it up, questioned or questioned that the not importance, but the this impact or severity of what Dak had to say. Would that be accurate? And that kind of took it to another level in the news. I, I think Skip's feeling was that Dak speaking out about his mental health struggles this offseason took away from his ability to be a leader as quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I, I mean, I strongly disagree with that. Um, I, I think it's you know, an incorrect statement, but you know, look, he's certainly entitled to his opinion. Uh, I happen to like Skip personally. He's always been nice to me. I, I think he's very much off base here though. However, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, I disagree with those calling for him to lose his job over this, um, but he's, you know, misguided in his opinion in, you know, mental health, specifically is a sensitive topic. And I think when speaking uh, about something like that, he needs to be a little more careful in his choice of words. Graham, what I think has happened in 2020, but it, it has happened year after year, and in particular on your show, you've done a very good job of this, is that we are starting to recognize more and more that the players, the athletes, the celebrities that we see on TV are just like us. They are human beings. They go about their daily lives. Yes, they, there are cameras that follow their every move for the most part, but not all of their moves. And they are us. They are, we are all going through these things together. And for Dak Prescott to feel comfortable enough to open up about it uh, should be embraced. But don't you think that's right that this year in particular, I think we will come out of it if there is a positive about 2020. My hope is at least that it will bring us together closer and make us feel humanity a little bit closer? Uh, well, I sure hope so, because, uh, you know, we uh, things are about as d divisive as they can get in many regards right right now, too. But to, to your, your point, uh, I, I think what, what we try and capture with the shows just humanizing these larger-than-life athletic figures and absent you know, their great financial wealth generally, uh, they otherwise have the same exact issues as any one of us. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it's nice when they're willing to share that because it makes uh, a lot of folks identify with them in ways they otherwise wouldn't be able to. I think that sometimes the most difficult conversations are the most important ones. 
So I'll, I'll just leave people with that in what has opened up as a very important topic in the awareness of mental health uh, through the words of Dak Prescott and the interview of Graham Bensinger. And Graham, continued success to you. Thanks for spending a few moments on KMOX. Again, it's tonight at 1030 on Fox In-Depth, Season 11, opening up with Dak Prescott. Graham, we appreciate it very much. Yes. And, and by the way, it's been a, a long time uh, since I used to harass you when I was in high school all the time to come on my high school radio show. It's, uh, it's amazing how time flies, right? <laughs> That's the truth. You're the best, man. I, I really, it's, it's great. Let's have you on again. It sounds great, Tom. Good catching up. Same. Uh, here is Al Raboski as closing us out. This is from Lou Brock's celebration of life yesterday. Well, you got to also remember that I'm trying to make the ball club. And so I've got superstar Lou Brock. He's going to know that I am so appreciative and I'm such a good friend. I babysit. So he's going to tell Red we got to take that left-hander with us north because he's a great babysitter. So this is right at the end of spring training, and I get called in to Red's office, and I think he's going to tell me I made the ball club, get ready to go north. Well, he told me to go, but he told me to go to the minor leagues. I couldn't figure this out. I mean, I did this great favor for Lou, and... Yeah, I get. I think I'm going to go to the big leagues, and he's and I get sent to the minor leagues. I thought Lou had pull. Well, I go to the minor leagues. I come up in June, and I see my friend Lou Brock. And the first thing he says to me with that big, beautiful smile, "You broke my daughter's wrist." <laughs> now that'll put you in your place pretty quick. But as I said. My relationship with Lou was so special. You know, I asked the kids, I said, I hope I was as good a friend to him as he was to me. Jackie, Lou Jr., Wanda, the entire Brock family, we all loved Lou. My wife, June, myself, and my entire family will always have you in our hearts and prayers. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.